0: Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Linda Crater celebrate the thoughts and opinions of magnetic, spirited, and influential women. Each week, bold, brilliant women spark vigorous conversations on the complexities of life, love, and happiness. Now, here are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Linda Crater. Hey, ladies. is
1: Sandra Beck, and we are here today with a Just, oh my gosh, the most amazing women, and we're going to have so much fun today. Now, Linda Crater has the day off, and I'll be hosting the roundtable today. This is our party of five. We're going to be talking today about leadership, and I want you guys to sit back. Pull up a glass of wine, a glass of water, Diet Coke, Diet Pepsi, whatever your fancy is, and I want you to imagine that we're in this beautiful restaurant, and we're all thin and gorgeous with no wrinkles, no sags, no lumps, no bumps, and we're all sitting at this table where we feel good about ourselves, who we are, and we can use our opinions to start discussions, not end them. So the ground rules for today's conversation is that our opinions start discussions, and not end them. And we will thank Madeline Albright for her quote that has inspired this show. And we're talking about leadership today. And when it comes to leadership, many people think the world would be a very different place if there was more women leaders. Now, we're not going to bash on guys. We're not going to Fashion. We're not going to take political sides of Democrat, Republican, Christian, Jew, Muslim. We've got all these voices represented from around the world in this show, and we're really here to start discussions so that when you go home after listening to today's show and you talk to your friends, you talk to your kids, you talk to your peers and your partners, that you can open up a discussion that elevates us as women. And so when we watch women who have made it to the top, who are not aggressive, who are not cheating, who are not sleeping their way to the top, but coming to the point of view where if we step into our power, we step into our truth with honesty and integrity, we will get to the top and we will change the world. So I'm going to go around the room today and talk to each one of you about leadership and how do you think the world would be different if there were more female leaders i'm going to go to kathy Kraftke in texas first well i loved the some of the quotes
2: you've been feeding us about madeline madeline albright i just appreciate her perspective on what it means to be a woman in leadership because i know she's dealt with a lot of alpha males and i think sometimes as women we we get designated as aggressive when really we're just taking the initiative and so that's one thing i'd love to talk about with other women is how do we use an initiating kind of proactive stance to bring about good
3: things in our world
1: okay i'm going to go to lisa dietrich in oregon
3: um i totally agree kathy and Um, Because I think we as women bring a a broader perspective into the business world and the world of leadership. However, what I've seen in leadership is we would be a better world if we had better leadership across the board, whether male or female. And I think we're becoming um, we're coming into a time when there is some great information out there as to how to become a better leader some great leadership uh, mentors are out there writing books and giving lectures and we need to be paying attention to them. And I've learned a lot from John Maxwell as one of them.
1: He's very, very good. I think he's one who's inspired me as well. I'm going to go to Kimberly Rinaldi in Los Angeles. I, you know, for me,
4: and it it kind of goes against my, my natural grain, um, whether it's nature or nurture, what I've seen, is women tend to be more collaborative, will you, would you, can you, inclusive, where men have no problem stepping up and saying, hey, follow me. It's that last cookie concept. There's that last cookie on the table. You get six women sitting at a table. No, no, I couldn't possibly, no thank you. A man will walk through, grab that cookie, say, hey, ladies, and hit the door without a thought. I think for us as women, um, we can be collaborative, we can be inclusive, and we should also be of an energy that we're not afraid to step up and say, follow me.
1: Directive, absolutely. Kathy Craftkey, Texas, East Texas.
2: Well, I love what you said about collaboration. I've done all these interviews of leaders in our region, and men and women, and boy, they have collaboration as a common thread. If there's any way they can work together or help each other, they will. And that goes for male or female leaders, especially females, though. I think we really love that idea of collaborating. There are a couple other things I've noticed about great leaders in our area. They're devoted to helping each other. They love to collaborate. They love to brag about other people, not themselves. They're intentional with their time, and they ask great questions. I just made a little list because I knew we were going to be talking about leadership today. So those are some of the things I see that... Great leaders do, both men and women. But I think women, our strength is collaborating. We love to do things together.
1: We do. We do. And relationships are so important. Uh, Deborah Riley, Simi Valley, California. All
5: right, ladies. Um, I'd like to follow up with what Kim was saying about collaboration, just as everybody else is really following into. But um, I think women also tend to have the natural unique qualities of being nurturers, problem solvers, uh, and also tending to support one another, kind of like the the image of the cookies on the table. It's like we won't just say, no, no, I don't want it, you can have it. We're not going to sacrifice, but we would find a way to make sure that we share or find another resource to get more cookies in order for everyone to have exactly what they need. And I think a lot of these qualities bring about the leadership, that is needed for just about any corporation or institution.
1: Now, Debbie, I, I want um, all of you guys are, are, you guys have played specific roles in my life and, and helped me with, with, um, with my own personal growth. And I just want to say Debbie is the only one in our stable of calls in these 10, um, 10 segments of dynamic women who has a military background and has done so and still retain beautiful femininity, wonderful grace. And she's one of the people that I look to in personal leadership as what women can, can do and be. And I just, I just wanted to say that because, you know, we're just voices on the air. And I just wanted to bring that to light because not all of us are PhDs. And, you know, Lisa, I'd love for you guys just to take a quick second and introduce yourself around. Let's go to Lisa Dietrich first.
3: Hi, uh, I'm Lisa Dietrich, and I've been living in the Central Oregon area for, we're going on six years now. I lived in Southern California for many, many years, worked in the garment industry and then in customer service. Um, I am a pastor's wife and a mom of two military young men, one in the Navy and one in the Army. Reserve. Equal
1: opportunity. We love that. Kathy Krafke, East Texas. I'm
2: a I'm a columnist here in East Texas and a writer. I'm a mom my favorite favorite title I just got in the last eighteen months. I'm a grandmother now finally, so that makes me very happy but i I don't want to miss a chance to say to Deborah Riley thank you for your service to our country and also to Lisa thank you for being the mom of two heroes i I just want I can't ever say I try to thank my military friends every time I get a chance but I can't hardly do it without crying but I don't want to miss a chance to thank you both for what you've contributed to our country's freedom.
1: Thank you, Kathy.
2: Thank you, Kathy.
1: We thought that group hug, group hug. <laughs> <laughs> That's our virtual hug. Cause this is like the old quilting bee days. So we'd all sit around together and quilt or knit and talk. And we can't do that. We're doing it digitally from different areas around the world. Kimberly Rinaldi, Los Angeles.
4: And and again, I have to mirror those. Thanks. It's It's a fabulous calling. And I thank you, all for choosing to parent, because I am childless by choice. As am um, I. Oh, fabulous. Another one. I love it. Um, I, I'm a speaker, author, radio show host, behavioral specialist, and I spent 20 years in the healthcare industry learning how to be a nurturer um, because I was very type A, competitive, go-getter. It um, took me 20 years to learn how to nurture, and now I get to do that in my daily work.
1: Well, and this is part of, you know, part of leadership, and this is why, you know, normally I don't have everybody introduce themselves. I feel everybody can go to dynamicwomentalkradio.com and look up, you know, the person they're listening to if they want to, but personal leadership is something that I think we all have, at least I see personal leadership in each one of you. You guys all come from different parts of my life, different times in my life, and I'm so blessed to have this, this party every week on the air with you guys and talk about these things because life leadership or personal leadership is so important. And we're going to go to commercial break in a couple minutes, but I want to talk a little bit about life leadership before I open the floor in the next segment to our guest today. Because when you take charge of your life, when you take control, I think most people spend a lot of time taking charge of other people's lives, of taking charge of their company. Yes, I get you need to do that. But as some parents, I see them taking charge of their children's lives, or they take charge of their girlfriend's life, or their their boyfriend's life, and they want to do all these things. With other people. And at no point have I ever felt controlled by the women in this group today who are all very powerful. They're all very knowledgeable. And so, that secret of life leadership, of leading your own life, I think has been the key to the women on the call today's success because they know, they stay in their own lane. They know what they need to do. Kimberly Rinaldi, Kathy Kraftke, Deborah Riley, Lisa Dietrich have not come into my world and taken over. They've actually elevated me. They've lifted me up, and they've been an inspiration in their lives that allow me to kind of reap the benefits. And that's why they're invited on today's show, because they are great life leaders. They are great leaders in their own life. And it doesn't mean they're perfect. In fact, some of these women are far from perfect. I've watched them stumble and fall. I have helped them up when they stumbled and fall. We've all been through a lot of drama together, but yet we still remain unified. We still remain supportive, which is the intention of Dynamic Women Talk Radio. We are here to support each other. We are here to validate each other. We're here to comfort each other. And We're here to inspire each other, and the ground rules of this show are to use opinions to start discussions, not end them. My name is Sandra Beck. This is Sorry, I couldn't even remember the show I'm on today. I've done four of them. This is Dynamic Women Talk Radio. We hit the bullseye, didn't we, Kimberly? When we come back from the break, we're going to talk about personal leadership, life leadership. What does that mean to each woman on the panel today? Because they are good at it. And if you want to be good at leading your own life into success, abundance, happiness, whatever is your dream, you're going to want to come back from the break because these women got it.
0: and we'll return after these short messages. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond.
6: A common food myth is that bread will make you fat. The truth is quite the opposite. If you eat the right kinds of breads and other grains, you can actually lose weight. The fiber found in whole grain foods Help slow digestion, keeping you fuller longer. True whole grain bread products will have whole grain or whole wheat flour as the first ingredient. If you see anything else, it is not what you want to eat, even though it may say wheat. A study in the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition found that overweight people who acquired all of their grain servings from whole grains lost more belly fat than those who skipped the whole grains. You should still avoid refined grains like enriched flour, but a moderate amount of whole grain bread can be a great asset to a balanced diet. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond.
1: Sandra Beck and this is Dynamic Women Talk Radio and we are here today with a party of five. We're all sitting around the table virtually through our computers talking about women's issues today and one of the things that we are talking about is what's important to us in our own life leadership and what are our different viewpoints and I'm going to go to Kathy Kraftke first in East Texas and then we're going to talk to Deborah Riley in Simi Valley California so we can start to understand what motive these women in their personal success and what are kind of some of their keys to life satisfaction Kathy Kraftke, East Texas I I really loved what Kimberly said
2: earlier about nurturing others I I just think that speaks to the woman that all of us are there's something about the way God made women we just do love nurturing and I have this quote the loveliest thing about welcoming others in their messiest moments is we begin to look past their pain and see their worth and I think that's what good leaders just do naturally. We see past the pain that other people bring with them. And we look for ways to nurture and and heal the pain, but also, I don't know, spark the potential in other people. I want to hear what, other, what you girls think about that, what it means to spark the potential in other people.
1: Debbie Riley from Simi Valley, California.
5: Well, I wanted to follow up with uh, Kathy's comment about nurturing. I I tend to completely agree, and I think that's what the nurturing is, what sets women leaders apart from males. Uh, Males are very powerful. They're very aggressive, and, and many times that's seen as a great quality, whereas a woman leader comes in, and she brings in a lot of those nurturing qualities that give everyone that's working a different perspective and a different viewpoint to either solve a problem or to achieve greatness.
1: Kimberly Rinaldi, Los Angeles.
4: You know, and I love the nurturing direction. I also believe that that nurturing has to start internally. So much of what we do and and what we want in this life really does sort of start from that spark within. And it's Knowing your values and own, or knowing your value, I apologize, knowing your value and owning your values. Because if you don't, nobody else is going to. I think that is the key component, is looking within and seeing what the inherent value is that you have. And again, owning your values, that line in the sand, that stand for
3: what is important for you.
1: Lisa Dietrich, Bend, Oregon.
3: I totally agree with Kimberly and Aldi and Deborah and Kathy. Uh, along with knowing your, uh, owning your values, uh, you need to be comfortable with who we are, confident in our position, and not intimidated by anyone else around us. Rather, take those good things that we see in others outside of the messiness and help to in, instill uh, a greater confidence in those that we work with so that we can bring them up to a higher level and, and in turn we'll bring ourselves up as well
1: well and i think it's really important that you brought up that intimidation thing you know we talked about that on last week's show about you know powerful women intimidating each other and intimidating women who don't feel powerful and i look at you guys and go wow you guys are a tough crowd like for me, even hosting this show, and I've got, you know, a thousand hours of radio experience in time, I was nervous to come on these shows and have you guys here. And I'm, I'm powerful and successful in my own right. And I think no matter what we achieve in life and what we do and what labels are put on us, successful, powerful, whatever – we're all just women inside, and I've had the pleasure of meeting all of you. And I think I've cried with every one of you. I don't think there's anybody on the call today that I haven't cried with um, over something. And as bulletproof as we sound on the air, you know, we are women. We are human, and we want to bring this to permission, basically to women to, to feel, to have these relationships, to have these belief systems and know that they're good enough. Because I think all of us feel that at some way. We're going to go to Debbie Riley in Simi Valley, California.
5: Well, I wanted to continue with Kimberly's idea of knowing your value. Uh, and then Lisa had followed up with some really great points on that, too. I, I think it's also important for we as women to know our weaknesses, too, because each of us has weaknesses. And each of us has a weakness sometimes at different times in our lives. And those weaknesses and how we overcome them are what make us strong. And then that model makes us a good leader. Because now we're modeling overcoming adversity, overcoming our own weaknesses. And as, as, as uh, Kimberly said, knowing our value and being able to take our strengths as well as our weaknesses. Okay, we're going to go over to Kathy Kraftke, East Texas.
2: Deborah, I'm so glad you mentioned that about weaknesses. I I really think our weaknesses and our strengths are sometimes the same thing. But I (laughs) mentioned John Maxwell earlier, and he said leaders become great not because of their power, but because of their ability to empower others. And I, I love that quote, and it goes so well with what you're saying. I think our weaknesses become our strengths, especially when we look around and recognize a a Sandra or Deborah or Kimberly or Lisa, somebody else that has a wonderful strength we need and can benefit from. And I find knowing, in fact, I told one of my friends one time, he asked me why my committee turned out so great. And I said, you know, I finally figured out what my greatest strength is. I know all my weaknesses Mm -hmm. and I just recruit great people in those areas. So. I think it makes us such grateful leaders when we know what our weaknesses are. We look around and we're so thankful for everyone else in the room.
1: Well, I will tell you, I recently hired someone to help me in my office. She's the mom of one of my kids' best friends. And I love this woman. And, I, you know, I was so embarrassed to have her come in and see what a disarray my office was. And this lady has 25 years in office management And, you know, she could have, like, sneered. She could have been like, oh, my God, Sandra, those piles look like they've been there for, like, three years. You know, she could have done these things. But she just hugged me and told me it's going to be okay. And she goes, I can do this. I can take care of this for you. And it was really humbling for me because bringing someone into my private home office is like letting people poke through your underwear drawer. You know, they're seeing all the old underpants and socks and things in there and so being vulnerable and allowing someone to come in and help you where you know you're weak is not easy especially if you kind of hold yourself up to standards or you're held up to standards in the community deborah riley los angeles uh i
5: just wanted to follow up with that concept following up on empowering um that kathy had mentioned uh It's leadership versus versus management. I have a master's in educational administration uh, for for becoming a principal. And being an international teacher around the world, I've uh, looked at being an assistant principal versus being a principal. And there's a considerable difference the principal leads the school the principal you know has the vision and that's what i see as some of your higher level leaders they have to craft that vision whereas you still have to manage and that's what an assistant will be they can make they can take care of the management but then the leadership is is as uh, as Kathy was saying allows you to empower those below you in the chain of command. You can then empower them, guide them, teach them, help them manage, and then the leader is freed up to be able to f- uh, seek vision and then try to try to enact vision for
1: whatever the corporation may be. Wonderful, uh, Lisa Dietrich, Bend, Oregon.
3: So true, Deborah. Many leaders, people in positions of power are, first of all, possibly insecure in their position and afraid somebody's going to knock them off their pedestal. So they try to micromanage everything in the organization. A strong leader, a good leader who can delegate, who can empower and give, uh, a, give the everyday management to others really creates a much more strong organization.
1: It is, it's, it's, you know, this is why we share information. You know, we all have these little bits and pieces and we're so lucky to have you guys, you know, sharing all this because I'm here taking notes. It's like, this is like a leadership class for me, but from women I admire and women that I trust, we're going to go to Kimberly Rinaldi in Los Angeles Mm -hmm.
4: You know, and and again, tail ending on that, um, one of the things that I did when I worked in healthcare, and we were in positions where errors and mistakes were potentially life and limb. It's not always the case in, in every other position of leadership. And I know that's not the case now in what I do now. But I remember sitting with my staff and saying, look, I give you permission to make mistakes. You're human. If I expect anything within the realm of perfection, I'm deluding myself. As long as you're making new and improved mistakes, that's fabulous. You're you're proving growth and learning. It's when people are making the same mistake over and over again, they either don't get it or they don't care to. So I think from a a leadership perspective, really step back and understand. Allow people to work through their foibles, their failures, their ability to learn from their mistakes. And it can be hard, and I'm the first one to admit that, but I think that's – That's an important perspective.
1: Well, and I'm a big proponent of you failing, like, you know, I failed forward in my life over and over. And, you know, you need to fail greatly in order to achieve greatly. But more importantly, I want to just I want to just segue for a second about the word mistake. Um, Many years ago, I had a great boss, uh, Joe Coker, and this was in in cooking school. It wasn't in anything, you know, super fancy, super high tech anything. And he looked at me and I said, oh, gosh, I said, I'm sorry, I made a mistake. I added too much, you know, salt or whatever was. And he looked at me and he goes, look, it's not a mistake. He goes, it's just a different way of doing things. And I kind of re- removed the word mistake from my vocabulary because it is so negative and it, and it, I know it's hurtful when I make a mistake. I don't like to feel that I made a mistake and. I found it really empowering when I replaced the word mistake with, you know what, there's a different way of doing things, and I need you to do it this way, instead of, you know, it's a mistake or whatever. So I just wanted to throw that out there. We've only got a couple minutes to break. Um, We're going to go to Kathy Kraftke in East Texas. We've got about a minute and a half, Kath.
2: Well, I don't want to miss a chance to get all these women talking about one of my favorite topics, because I have a question, and that is... We've been talking about how fear of failure and, and insecurities affect us and affect us as leaders. I'm curious to know, my, my theory is underneath all of that is a fear of rejection because I see such a need for initiating leadership in our world. So I'm, I'm going to be really curious to throw that out and hear what other dynamic women have to think about how the fear of rejection affects us all.
1: Oh, I'm going to take that up um, after we come back from commercial break. This is Dynamic Women Talk Radio. If you like what you heard today, you can find us on iTunes. You can find us at dynamicwomentalkradio.com. And we are talking today with, da-da-da, we've got Deborah Riley, we've got Lisa Dietrich, we've got Kimberly Rinaldi, we've got Kathy Kraftke, and did I miss anybody? I think I got everybody. Um, these are some really dynamic, powerful, wonderful women that we all can learn from. They've been mentors to me at different points and different, different areas of my life. When we come back from the break, we're going to talk to these women about fear of Rejection because nobody likes it, but we all get it and we all have to deal with it.
0: We're Dynamic Women Talk Radio, and we'll return after these short messages.
7: Resolutions don't work if a person is a mess, a mess. That's someone who clings to a bad habit. 88% of Americans make at least one New Year's resolution. And 80% of those folks fail by January 20th due to the dislike and fear of change. What's the word for the fear of change? Kynatophobia. With quite a few related to losing weight, at least you don't have to lose as much weight this year to be average as 66% of Americans are now considered to be overweight. Don't feel bad if you don't keep your New Year's resolution. It's hard to be flask That means changeable, from an old French word meaning to bend. If you're celebrating at a New Year's party, try not to get carried away. In fact, try to leave without any help at all. It's March. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Word.
0: It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. The
7: energy
6: drink market is predicted to hit $10 billion. While the makers of these drinks want you to think that the energy you feel after drinking one comes from a supply of B vitamins, amino acids, and herbal extracts, the truth is the only significant proven energy boost comes from the sugar and caffeine that these drinks contain. Eat this, not that – states that a 16 ounce can delivers as much as 280 calories of pure sugar which is about 80 calories more than a 16 ounce cup of pepsi the sugar is not good for your health or your waistline getting adequate sleep eating a healthy diet and exercising on a regular basis are the best ways to beat fatigue but if you need an occasional boost of energy set aside the sugar spike of an energy drink and have a cup of coffee instead For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond.
1: Hey ladies, this is Sandra Beck and I'm here. Ooh, wow. reverb. Um, Well, we'll try that again. Hi, this is Sandra, and we are here at Dynamic Women Talk Radio, and we're visiting today with Deborah Riley, Kathy Krafke, Kimberly Rinaldi, and Lisa Dietrich, four women near and dear to my heart, also some of the most powerful women in the universe, and we have been talking about leadership. Now, one of the things that I know I struggle with, and I have since I've that fear to a greater or lesser extent, but when I ran my company in Beverly Hills and we were doing real estate sales, there were people who walked this earth that could get doors slammed on them, people could hang up on them, and they um, and they just kept going, and I really admired those qualities because I would be crushed if someone hung up the phone on me, and, and things that really bothered me like rejection. And even now I still have that and I'm pushing 50. So I'm really excited to talk to you guys about how do you manage that fear of rejection? Do you have it? Does it hurt your life? Did you overcome it? And if so, how? And so I'm going to go to Kathy Kraftke first. Okay. Um, can you, is my mic on? Yeah, you sound good. Sorry. I, I know I cut out for a minute. Sorry about that. Um,
2: Well, we were talking about fear of rejection, and it's only fair you call on me because I wanted to mention, I think my greatest fear of rejection was centered around an experience I had as a young person. And here I am, 58. And so a few years ago, probably 10 years ago, a friend of mine suggested that I was in a position at this point in life to start talking openly about my abortion and that was my greatest fear. And and I'd shared it with women, but I'd never shared it publicly. So, But once I did that, I began to realize there were women all around me that were just wishing for someone to talk to about it. And so that, in the last 10 years, has just freed me up. I guess I don't have any more fear of rejection. We all have it, of course. I mean, I always have little snippets of it that will jump in my head. But basically, that... That one step of faith has given me so much freedom.
1: I love that. I love that you don't have to carry that that with you. Um, I'm sure that was a very heavy burden to carry for a long time. And, and how brave of you to share it, like, and to share it on public radio, to share it with, with people. I mean, that's what I'm talking about. That's our vulnerability. That's the thing that breaks down barriers and allows friendships to flourish. Uh, Deborah Riley, Simi Valley, California. All right. Thank you.
5: Well, the concept of fear of rejection, uh, I had a really, really rough upbringing and uh, it was very abusive and everything I did was always wrong. So going into the army helps really give me a lot of power and strength and confidence then going into education and then getting my master's in educational administration and then traveling the world internationally, I find myself in a position where I have these brilliant ideas. I know of ways to improve instruction, improve the, the campus, whatever it may be. and And I would have these ideas and want to share them. But so many times my ideas would be just knocked down. And knocked down one after the other. And part of it was because I was a woman. Part of it because I'm blonde, blue-eyed, big-breasted. What can you say? And I just wasn't given the respect that I felt that I deserved. So at first, I started fearing that rejection. I started silencing myself. I no longer would put forth an idea. But then my husband really gave me that confidence and said, just put your ideas out there. Maybe repeat them. And suddenly... I started overcoming that fear. I started sometimes two or three or four times promoting ideas and those ideas started to get heard more. And then I gained credibility and no longer did I fear rejection, but it took some perseverance, a lot of tenacity and a lot of personal confidence that, that if you lack that you
1: are going to significantly fear rejection. Well, and I'm just going to chime in here cause this is radio, but, but Like, you have to imagine Deb. I mean, she's stacked. She rocks it. You know, long legs, blonde hair, blue eyes, you know, big boobs. Like, you know, that whole thing that women, you know, women, I think, hold up as one of the inspiring beauty, you know, things. We see it, obviously, on TV and advertising. And I remember when I first met Debbie, I think we were, like, in Walmart or Target. and. I looked at her and I thought I immediately felt self-conscious because I'm like, wow, she's really good looking. She's really powerful. And then to boot, she's there to pick up something like you were fixing your car, like the car engine. (laughs) And she's like, yeah, I need like a wrench of something. And, you know, I don't know anything about cars. And I'm like, holy bananas, Batman, like this woman, something. Um, But to know that you have this internal inside, again, we talk about that vulnerability with Kathy Kraftke. We've got vulnerability with deborah riley we're going to go to oregon now and hear lisa dietrich
3: one of the things that i found works very well in my life is when i do make a mistake or do something that that fails i step back and analyze what went wrong how can i fix it and how can i make sure this doesn't happen again and then i'll go to my boss or whoever i'm accountable to and say, "Look." you know, what I did uh, didn't work out the way I thought it would. This is what went wrong. But this is how I'm going to fix it if I haven't already. And this is how I'm going to make sure it doesn't happen again. And to bring that kind of proactivity into a failure builds confidence. And it also builds credibility with those that you're working with. It's, you're vulnerable, you're honest, but you're also proactive and move, ready to move forward with it.
1: Well, and I think it softens the one 2 punch. You know, I think You know, for me, I'm always expecting the punch. You know, when is the punch going to come? And, you know, maybe it came from my marriage. I don't know. Um, But where's the zinger? Where's the thing? And when you come almost like hat in hand, humbly going, look, I made this mistake. This is what I did. This is what happened. I take full responsibility for it. It's really hard to scream at somebody in that position. It's hard to belittle them. Like, yeah, the person you're telling could be your boss or your partner or even your kid. I've had to apologize for my kids for blowing something because Niles and Frazier catch me on everything. But I think it's one of those power things where – Instead of walking up with no power, you walk up with all your power and you give that person the power to forgive. And together you can work that out from like a mutually powerful standpoint, even though only one of you obviously is coming from the point of having made the mistake or the problem. Um, We're going to go to Deborah Riley uh, now in uh, Simi Valley, California. Um, is this now moving back over to personal leadership? Yeah, well, whatever you want. Or we could go to Kimberly Rinaldi. I think she fell asleep. Are you there, Kimberly? I am here. Okay, I am here. come on. Come on, personal leadership girl. Well,
4: you know what? Honestly, I look at the fact that I grew up in abusive violent sexualized household and all I wanted to do was fit in and be seen as normal so rejection was just not an option from childhood and then I hit you know those tween years and teen years and you know all you want to do is disappear and fit in and not hit rejection I'm green-eyed red-haired genius IQ. I am pretty darn adorable. Not gorgeous like Deborah, but darn adorable.
1: You are adorable. I've met you in person. I've hugged you. I can validate your adorability.
4: Thank you. And frankly, at this point in my life and in my early 20s, what I realized was each and every one of us is unique and not going to fit in because frankly, there's a million different boxes and labels and i think i said this before we start off i was born kimberly from the moment i was born until the moment i die that is the number one role i have to play everything else sort of overlays in different positions wife girlfriend sister friend puppy dog owner and all those other positions they're fantastic but the one that's the most important is kimberly and I have to be true to me. And as long as I'm accepting of who I am, I really don't need anyone else's permission.
1: Bless your heart. That is so important, Kathy Craftkey from East Texas.
2: Yes, I, I really, I really love that. And I remember in one of our other conversations, you mentioned that we have the longest relationship with ourselves as anybody else. Kimberly and I. I've really been thinking long about that as an older woman. I think that's where I find I want to nurture younger women. I I really want them to know how valuable they are. And I, I think we grow up in homes sometimes where we just don't hear enough of that. Or maybe it's just our human nature to not believe it when we hear it. I don't know, but that's what I want to tell other women, especially younger women is you are really valuable and powerful. And, and there's a purpose for your life and it's, it's precious.
5: Debbie Riley, Sydney well, Valley, Kathy, California. Yeah, I want to follow up with Kathy. You are absolutely right. You are so right on the fact that kids today really need to learn about their value early on because it's really tragic when so many of these women don't learn to love themselves, appreciate themselves, or even respect themselves until their 30s. And if we can get them early, teach them young, we
1: got a world to just, create Debbie do you find this when you're teaching where have you taught in the world can you give us a little background
5: well I'll do it really fast because I know that we're going to have a commercial here shortly but I'm at uh, California Taiwan and Saudi Arabia so and then I've done model United Nations and other places as well so I've taught just about every culture nationality that you can imagine (laughs)
1: And in different, in different countries, too. So yep. to empower young women, and we've got about two minutes. So you got a minute and a half. When you think of empowering young women and your students, what's your best advice to them? And then we'll go to commercial break. When I have students who are
5: struggling or uh, doubting themselves, I try to promote the, the strengths that they have, show them that they have value. But half the battle is at home. Half the battle is that it's the home, the family, the parents, the siblings that are bringing down their sense of self-worth. And I only have so much power as an eighth grade teacher with only about an hour or two a day. So it really needs to come from the home
1: well and we can create our home as adult women I look at the women on the show today as my family I have a lovely family to boot so I'm doubly lucky but many of us don't and when we get to be adult women we get to choose our sisters we get to choose our aunts and uncles we get to choose our family members and our moms when our moms pass away and that's represented in some of the women here on the show today now when we come back from the break we're going to talk more about women and leadership and our dynamic power as women will back after the break
0: we're dynamic women talk radio and we'll return after these short messages
7: video of the little seal that jumped into the back of a boat to escape being eaten by killer whales? A family was whale watching near Vancouver Island, British Columbia, when they noticed a pod of orcas swimming around their boat. All of a sudden, a harbor seal swam up to the stern of their boat and jumped in with the orcas hot on his tail. When a whale leaps out of the water, exposing most of its body, it's called breaching. There are 32 different species of seals distributed throughout the world and are found from polar to tropical waters, the largest concentrations of seals in the U.S. are in California and New England. Everyone who has seen the video agrees this was one lucky seal. What's another word for the fear of the sea? thalassophobia I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for
0: Words Dwayne Flipman on toginet.com.
1: Hey ladies, this is Sandra Beck and we're here with Dynamic Women Talk Radio. And we are visiting today with Kathy Kraftke in East Texas, Debbie Riley in Simi Valley, California, uh, Kimberly Rinaldi, Los Angeles, California, and Lisa Dietrich Bend, Oregon. And we reach out around the world. We've had, we've had guests from Nigeria and Israel and England and, um, Australia come on in addition to representing kind of the lower 48. We need to get somebody from Alaska. So we'll do that. We'll work on that. Um, but more importantly is we've talked a lot about women's empowerment. We talked about messages to women. Now, We also want to touch on there's many of us, like myself, who are out there. I'm a single mom, and I'm raising two boys. And I affectionately call them Niles and Frazier because it's very apropos. And these are two kids that kind of call me on everything. And I don't know because I'm not a seasoned mother of, like, 15 children, if every kid calls you on your stuff, but mine certainly do. And I think there's some value in – Talking about today in life leadership or family leadership, single moms um, raising, raising boys especially um, – We have to give them some good advice, and we're going to come from the point of view. Not everybody on the panel today is a parent raising a boy, but it takes a village, and it takes teachers and managers and people in the workforce to help our boys grow into great men. So I'm going to open up the panel right now, and I'm going to go to Kathy Kraftke first to talk about your kind of best advice or your best acknowledgement to single uh, moms raising boys.
2: Sandra, Sandra, you know know me well enough. to know that I'm always thinking two generations ahead. and so one of my most frustrating things is when I hear people talk about Proverbs 31 and they miss the first verse where it explains that that is a mom sharing advice with her son who becomes the king and has the advice written down. So when I, when I teach that, and I wish more people would ask me to teach it, I always teach it as like the thing a single mom can teach her son to be a fabulous husband is to praise his wife all the time. And and I think if we would approach this is this is how I'm trying to teach my own son. I think if we would approach the younger generation of men to understand what a woman brings to the table, then instead of feeling insecure or threatened or or fearing rejection, instead they would just embrace that great power that women bring that's so uniquely female.
1: We're going to go to Lisa Nordell Dietris in Bend, Oregon.
3: Well, I was a single parent with my oldest daughter, and I I have a special place in my heart for all the single moms and single parents, because that is the toughest job in the world. Um, I did remarry and then had three other children, uh, two boys in the middle, both of them ended up in the military and that was by their choice and you know when I was bringing them up um, I kind of came from a background of what I like to call Viking women because the women in my life my grandparents and on down the line the women were very strong and we had a point of view and we didn't rule the household with an iron fist but we were very strong and that's something that I inspired on my boys. That it's okay. You don't have to be intimidated by a strong woman. We we bring a special thing to the table that enhances the family and makes it stronger as a whole.
1: Kimberly Rinaldi, Los Angeles. Not having children.
3: Um,
4: I, I tenuously weigh in on this whenever I can. <laughs> I I my sister raised two beautiful young ladies. And the one thing that really, I guess, bothers me now is this trend towards, you know, the helicopter parenting and these special little snowflakes who are delicate. I stand by, you want to raise your children so other people can stand to be around them. Number one, that's my first and foremost. (laughs) (laughs) Number two, um, you're not raising children. You are raising adults. They just happen to be small at this moment and if you come into it with that perspective having been an employer having been an employee having somebody who you know being someone who works in behavioral modification and relationship development and business development that's something that i i can pinpoint parenting that has gone awry if you can just remember the whole goal is this person should be independent they are never going to be closer to you than the nine months you carried them and from the moment you give birth every breath every step every movement every decision they make is in the efforts of gaining independence from you and that is how it should be
1: Well, and it's funny you say that, Kimberly, uh, because that used to horrify my kids. Like, you know, especially as a single mom, my kids have to be more resilient. They have to navigate different households. They have to navigate, you know, court systems. There's things that they have to do that a lot of other kids don't. And they'd get mad at me and they'd say, Mom, you know, the other moms do this for them. And, you know, and there was some truth to that. They weren't just being little whingers. But I would say to them, look, my job as your mom is, yes, to take care of you, but also to prepare you for when I'm not around. And that was probably the bad way to say it, because my younger one, Niles, thought for sure I was dying, Um but the point is the same. It's like my job is to raise you to take care of yourself, to be able to take care of a wife someday and your children and to to take care of me maybe someday, but to also be able to make a decision when I'm not around and have good judgment when I'm not around. And that was a tough concept for them when they were younger. And it's gotten me in a lot of hot water with some of the other, what can call them helicopter moms, because we all have different parenting point of views, but mine was to have how does this kid take care of himself when I'm not around? We're going to go to Deborah Riley.
5: All right. Thank you. Um, I like the whole concept that uh, what men can bring and what women can bring, because it is true. We are completely different animals. And what it really comes down to is balance. A man can bring certain aspects. A woman can bring certain aspects. And that is balance. I was raised by my father and I had an older brother and I'm the only girl in the house. And it was, it was pretty difficult. Um, and that whole concept of balance got lost considerably. And then going to school, the whole concept of, do I need to get, a, uh, do I need to get along with everybody? I have to be a part of a group. No, actually you don't. And when Kim talked about the importance of teaching our children to be independent I think we also need to encourage that sense of individuality. And that all comes back to what we said at the beginning about really appreciating who you are as an individual, your own strengths, your own weaknesses. People need to celebrate themselves um, before they can even think of celebrating someone else. So being a parent, I'm not a parent. I have a cat. That's about it. But um, being a teacher, I do see it as important Uh, to recognize each child's value and individuality and promote that
1: well and i like to think of debbie as not having one children or one child but having like 900 in her teaching career because in all honesty there are teachers when my kids were going back and forth between their dad's house and mine my kids are with me now most of the time but at the time they were going back and forth their third grade and kindergarten teachers actually spent more time with them than I did. And so. I don't want people discounting Debbie and Kimberly because they are childless by choice. They are in industries that are caretaking and caregiving. And Debbie, I would say you've had a profound influence on many of your students. I want to talk about gender roles just for a second here because this is something funny that happened with my younger son, Um, and his name's not Niles, but but it just fits him. Um, I was walking out the door one day, and Niles said to me, "He goes, Mom." are you a man or a woman? And I looked at him because, you know, I've got, you know, I got little boobs, not big boobs like dad, but I got big blonde hair and I'm, I'm clearly, you know, female. Um, But because of the Bruce Jenner thing, he got confused. And I said, well, why would you think I'm really a man? And he says, well, mommy, he said, you work a lot in the firearms industry, you work with the military. And he goes, that's typically kind of something like boys do. And he said, you know, you pay the bills, you fix the car, you do all these things. And he got really confused in the gender role for me. And, you know, granted, he was only like seven years old at the time, but he was confused on whether I was really a man or a woman, because in his little eyes, leadership and good family leadership, paying the bills, taking care of the cars, you know, and then working and then working in what's typically a men's industry confused him. And so I'm going to go to I'm going to go to Lisa Dietrich because she's the single mom in the group and ask her about juggling those kind of male and feminine roles in leadership. And thankfully, this year, he knows I'm a woman. So we're we're OK with that. So go <laughs> ahead. Lisa.
3: <laughs> That's a good thing. I, I, you know, when we come to, I'm sorry, go ahead.
1: Go ahead. Go ahead.
3: Well, the way we explain to our kids, we look at the way our minds work and we kind of came up with, actually we we saw a little video thing about this, but we talk about um, our women's, our brains work more like spaghetti where thoughts and feelings are kind of over intertwining and, and touching each other and we're very good at multitasking whereas men their minds are more like waffles where they have these little compartments and they go from one compartment to another and they can be very focused in that compartment and we just kind of have fun and celebrate those differences and we talk about how we can complement each other in those differences where my husband can go focus on his work and you know bring home the bacon where as a mother especially as a single mom I was taking care of the kids and, or taking care of my child and, uh, you know, taking care of the home, managing meals, doing all these other things, driving them all over the place. And that was great. I was able to do that just fine. And so it's, again, it's something to be celebrated. And like you said, Deborah, we need to know who we are, what our strengths and weaknesses are, and celebrate those and celebrate being women, being, let our boys celebrate being men. Mm
1: I love that. Kathy Kraftke, we got about 40 seconds. Go ahead. My favorite thing about that
2: story you told about your son is how open he and how willing he was to trust you with his questions. And to me, that is one really strong mark of initiating leadership. People who are so open and so vulnerable and so real that the people around them that they lead feel comfortable trusting them with their questions.
1: I need to end this, girls. I've had such a great time with you talking about leadership. I want to thank my guests today, Lisa Dietrich, Kathy Krafke, Deborah Riley, Kimberly Rinaldi. You are all outstanding women. I thank you for your input, for your honesty, for your candor, for your integrity today and every day. Now, when we come back next week, we're going to have another panel of great women, and we're going to talk about communication. We'll be back again next week.
0: For tuning in today to Dynamic Women Talk Radio and join us each week. You can find more shows on DynamicWomenTalkRadio.com.